Welcome to the Girl and Duck podcast. I'm Jen Storer, acclaimed children's book author and chief inspirationalist. That's not a term I made up. At girlandduck.com, creative writing, creative life. At Girl and Duck, I take you on a journey from exploring the art of kidlit creation right through to mastering the art of kidlit creation. To find out more about the courses and products that I offer, pop over to the website. You're bound to find inspiration and support and something to absolutely love over there. That's www.girlandduck.com. But in the meantime, stick around because we've got lots to talk about. Hello, dear listener. We're in the classroom today. I don't know who I'm, who I'm going to choose as chalk monitor. Maybe you. <laughs> Who's listening the most closely, I wonder? <laughs> the classroom. The creative writing classroom. I had this revelation, and I don't know if this has been written about in textbooks about creative writing. It probably has. I'm probably not alone in having this revelation, but it's a first for me. As a creative writing teacher, I've often struggled with show, don't tell, with trying to explain it. it it's sort of easy for me to spot within a man, manuscript, but it's, it can be difficult to actually explain it. And what I discovered in the last week dovetails with this whole rule of show, don't tell, which of all the rules, and if you know me, I don't like rules, especially about creative writing, but I do think this one is worth paying attention to. All right, this one is definitely worth paying attention to and mastering as well as you can. Because believe me, no one totally masters it. Even established, well-established authors sometimes unwittingly stumble into the trap of um, telling rather than showing. So in the last month, we've had the Scribbles Academy Creative Writing Awards and their annual awards. Yes, I have them every year. <laughs> and they this was the third year and we had an extraordinary amount of, of um, entries. It was so... It was just amazing what, what came in. The, the standard was really high and the work was really absorbing. We have five judges and myself. So it's all not just all about me, but I do read everything. I read every manuscript that comes in, which means that over the last month I have read approximately 300 manuscripts from picture books right through to opening chapters of middle grade because we have five categories we have um, picture books we have picture book storyboards we have junior fiction middle grade and we also have poetry so I'm reading all these manuscripts reading 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 and remember I have also worked as an editor in a children in children's book publishing both in-house and freelance. So over the years, I've read gazillions of manuscripts from aspiring and emerging authors. And I've seen the same kind of things come up over and over again. But this time, for some reason, during this judging round of the Scribbles Creative Writing Awards, 
the penny dropped. And I had a revelation as to what was going wrong with so many of the manuscripts. Now, I want to put forward straight away that most of these manuscripts were not bad. The writing was sound, the voice was, there was a command of voice, there was a command of language, there was an understanding of character development. There was, all this stuff was coming through in the writing for, for, the, for the main part. But so many of the manuscripts were falling short and didn't make it through to the short list because of this one thing that I realised they all had in common. And that was that the writers had become besotted with the backstory. And instead of writing a story, they were writing a backstory and they were presenting the backstory to the reader as if it were a story. And the backstory is not a story. There is no narrative tension in a backstory. A backstory is simply the writer getting to know the world that they're entering, getting to know the characters, and trying to share that in the most jovial and warm-hearted way that they can with the reader. But they, the, the, they have lost their way because that's not what the reader wants to know. It's only you as the author who are besotted with the backstory of your characters and their setting. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't make have any impact on the reader because, again, I'll state it again, there is no narrative tension in a backstory. <clears throat> Another way of describing it is that the writers, the aspiring authors, emerging authors, developing authors, were caught in introducing, trapped in the introduction mode, trapped in setup. And so they were constantly talking about describing what their characters looked like and why they were named the way they were named and funny little incidents that happened, you know, five years ago when grandma said such and such. But this, these sorts of things do not move the story forward. They do not develop the plot and they do not capture the reader's interest because they're passive. As authors, we have to we have to understand the backstory. We have to be able to master that backstory and then we have to be able to weave that backstory into the main narrative when it is important and only then and if it is important because often the backstory that we so dearly love has little consequence in the story and does not need to be featured in the story because it is extraneous. The thing the backstory does for us is help us understand what we're doing and help us understand our characters and settings more thoroughly so that we can write with authenticity, so that our stories can be beguiling, compelling. But it's, it is... <laughs> It's beholden on us to know when and where to share that backstory. The backstory is important if we want to, if it helps explain a character's action, actions. But listen here, <laughs> explaining character's actions, what is coming first? 
what is coming first is the actions. Okay, the actions come first and the explanation, if it's needed, comes second. So when, when a lot of aspiring authors are caught in backstory, they've got the art of storytelling ass about. <laughs> They're putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. And so that's why the reader, who's on the other end, becomes frustrated or, or, or God forbid, bored because it doesn't move the story, backstory doesn't move the story forward. It, it doesn't capture a reader. It doesn't make a reader want to know what's going to happen next because, again, this is the backstory is passive. It's just being fed, fed, fed to the reader and then and then and then and then. And no matter how beautiful the voice is and how quirky the anecdotes are, they quickly become dull if there's no narrative thread and there is no real... Um, understandable or apparent narrative thread in a backstory. So this is what I would say to you if you're struggling with your stories and you don't know what's not quite working and perhaps the people in your critique group don't know what's quite what's not working but things are just not sitting well and perhaps you've had the sort of feedback that says the writing's lovely, the character's lovely but something's missing... I would go back to your work and look at it and ask yourself, is this all backstory? Where does the actual story start? Which leads me into another little tidbit of advice. Many, many writers, established writers as well, waffle until they get to the point where their actual story starts, where the actual story begins. And in the edits and the rewrites, they go back and they cut and slash and get rid of all that finding and that discovery time. They edit all that out at the, up to the point where the story actually begins. We don't want our, weed, our readers to have to be wading through the shallows, trying to reach the current, the riptide that is the story. Okay, we don't want them wading through the shadow, through the shadow shallows for pages and pages. We want to get as we want to get them into that rip, into that current of the story, into the flow as quickly as possible. And while there is a little bit of setup involved in every story and a little bit of um, perhaps a little tiny bit of backstory, just to get the reader grounded, it is certainly not the place where you drop anchor. So look at your story and and come to it with eyes that are looking and searching for backstory to slash. <laughs> now, I'm not just addressing novelists here. I'm not just talking about people writing middle grade and I'm not talking about people writing picture books because this same problem came up. Uh, so, sorry, I said picture books in I, I I meant middle grade and junior fiction novelists. I'm not just aiming at, the, at them. I'm also talking to you if you're writing picture books because this also came up with PBs, with picture book manuscripts. Loads and loads of writers got stuck in setup to the point where some of the books were, some of the manuscripts were, you know, 22 pages, 
before the story actually began. 22 pages in a 32-page story. 22 pages dedicated to introduction and finding our way. That is not a story. That is backstory. That is the author fiddling around. That is the author enchanted. Remember, stories are tricksters. They are absolute tricksters and they will fool you and they will enchant you and they will have you believing that you've done this amazing job when really what you've done is you've just courted the trickster. You've just fiddled around in the shallows, in love with your world, but not understanding that this world is not necessarily compelling to a reader until something happens. Give your character a problem throw them in <laughs> throw them in and give them a challenge right up get them moving get them acting get them taking action get them speaking get things moving as quickly as you can and then you will be in storyland and then things will start moving and then you will be working on something that will be truly of interest to the reader so that was my revelation. Backstory is not the story, darling. Go to your work and look for backstory and hunt it out. Thanks for hanging out with me today. If you want more ducky goodness, pop over to the website www.girlandduck.com or you can find me on Instagram at Jen E. Storer, J-E-N-E. S-T-O-R-E-R. Bye for now.